today, today we are finishing up our series called A Better Way. And we have been talking about living like Jesus. And the reason that's so important is that when we live the way Jesus lived, it's just, it's a better way to live than any other alternative way to live. We, we talked about how Jesus taught us how to live and how that is better than becoming a person that you don't like, becoming a person that you don't even want to be. And the way that Jesus taught us to live is better than that. It's better than being too busy for what matters. It's, it's better than having a distracted life, it's better than having a distracted faith. Today, we're going to talk about the way that Jesus taught us to pray. You probably noticed the theme throughout the songs, right? Uh, the, the way that Jesus taught us to pray, it's better than a lifestyle of inconsistent prayer. And I don't know if where you would place yourself, well, we'll talk about it in a moment, like where you would place yourself when it comes to the consistency of your prayer life. But if, if, uh, if you would be leaning more towards a lifestyle of inconsistent prayer, there is a better way to live. By the way, I want to thank you for praying for me as I uh, was out in California for those national board meetings last week. The meetings went really well. I was encouraged. Uh, I'm not saying a lot because I hate board meetings, right? You know that about me. I, uh, but they, they went really well. I think the things that are happening in our fellowship and across the world in our Karis family, I think are really exciting. Uh, obviously, I made it home safely. I only had one minor incident, if you even want to call it that, with a homeless man. Uh, story for another day. I won't tell you that today. But that was, uh, everything went really smoothly. And I just want to say this. I believe... I, I genuinely thank you for your prayers because I believe in the power of prayer. I know that people in this room were praying for me, among other things that you were praying for, and I genuinely appreciate it because I believe in the power of prayer. One of the, one of the pastors at the board meeting this week, his name's Rex, he's a pastor in one of our California churches. Um, as we were sitting around together, he told his story. Uh, he was just back in the pulpit, back, you know, doing this ministry in the last three weeks. He spent 45 days, he's about my age, 45 days in the hospital, almost died from COVID. And this is what he said as he told his story. He said, uh, I'm only here this is his quote, I'm only here because of the power of prayer. That's what he said. Pastor Rex believes in the power of prayer. You know who else believed in the power of prayer? Pastor Greg. Some of you may remember me asking you to pray for Pastor Greg, a pastor, friend of mine from Washington State. And I know that many of you prayed for him, and, and I know that his church and his family for him. And I know, I've spent enough time with, with Greg to know that he believed in the power of prayer. Um, but their stories turned out very different from one another. There's a tension there. There's a tension there that I, that I think we need to not only 
mentally be able to resolve through understanding who God is and understanding more about the theology of prayer, the theology of suffering and all of these things. Um, but there's a tension there, I think, spiritually that we, we need to be able to somehow resolve uh, if, if we're going to truly believe in the power of prayer. So I'll just ask, and, and if you don't want to raise your hand, it's fine, uh, but I just want to ask generally, how many of you believe in the power of prayer? I expect that in a room full of believers that, that you would say, yeah, I, I believe in the power of prayer. And when I say, do you believe in the power of prayer, I guess I'm asking, you know, do you believe that God hears your prayers? Do you believe that God answers prayer? And I would expect that uh, in a church setting that, that most people would say, yeah, I believe in the power of prayer. Well, let me ask you this question then. Do you believe in the power of prayer? Okay, yes, then... Uh, would you say, and you don't have to admit to this publicly if you don't like, would you say that you don't pray as often as you know that you should? All right. Do you believe in the power of prayer? Uh, but how many would say, but I'm not so sure that God answers my prayers. Like, I believe generally that God does answer the prayers of some people, someone who's a better Christian than I am, someone who uh, is really good at praying, and they know all the right words, and they know how to put them in the right order. God, I think, believe, or I believe that God uh, answers th their prayers. I'm not so sure he answers mine. If you've come to some of those conclusions, or maybe you just know that you are inconsistent in your prayer life, if prayer is, is not something that is part of your daily rhythm, if, if it's not your lifestyle, then I just want you to know that you are missing out. You are missing out on a much better way to live. You're missing out on the way that Jesus lived. You know, Jesus was, was constantly and, and consistently in prayer. And it didn't matter what was going on. It didn't matter if the, if the disciples were being boneheads or, or the Roman government was, was uh, really thirsty for power and, and doing weird things. And, or even the Pharisees, which sometimes were just as, as thirsty for power as the Roman government. And, and they put pressure on, on Jesus because of his popularity and even when the crowds were, were super demanding of, of Jesus, he, he prioritized time to be in the presence of God in prayer. Didn't matter what was going on. That was a priority to him. I wonder if anyone would be willing, and I doubt that you would, uh, if anyone would be willing to publicly disagree with the following statement. Okay, here it is. If I want to live like Jesus, if I want to love like Jesus, I have to pray like Jesus. Let me say it again. I want to live like, if I want to live like Jesus, if I want to love like Jesus, I need to pray like Jesus. I, I, I don't think there was going to be anyone in the room who's like, that can't be right. That doesn't sound right at all. I think it's hard to argue with that statement. And yet, even though I think we probably would collectively agree with that statement, I wonder how many of us struggle 
with praying as often as we should. And if that's true, the question that's on the other side of this is why? why? Why do we struggle to pray consistently? Why do we treat, sometimes, why do we treat prayer as this last resort rather than first priority? Why does that happen? Might be a, a number of reasons. Sometimes because we lack focus. Sometimes we get distracted. Was that a squirrel? Right? Sometimes we get distracted. And, and I, I'm admittedly one that is easily, easily distracted in life. How about this one? Sometimes our mind wanders. This one's tough for me because it's like this. So one of the things that, that I pray about, I, I pray over uh, the, the schedule for the week. Lord, I've got these different things that I need to do, and I need your help to get them done and do them well. And I, So I, I would pray over them, but... Man, sometimes it's like I start to pray over those things, my busy week, and then all I'm thinking about is my busy week. Like now I'm like, okay, how am I going to get that done? Okay, I need to do this first, and I need to do that next, and then I need to uh, switch this appointment so I can make this work. And now I'm not praying, now I'm strategizing. Sometimes we lack focus. Sometimes we're just so busy and like... We get up in the morning, and rather than getting right into a conversation with the Lord, it's like, man, I've got all the stuff I need to get done today. How in the world am I going to get it all done? I better get after it. I better hustle and get after it. And, and we sometimes lack focus. Sometimes it's because we lack confidence. Sometimes people say, you know what? I'm no prayer warrior. I'm not a professional prayer person like Pastor Mark. Almost every time that I'm at a meal, like any meal, undoubtedly, most of the time, people look to me and they say, well, Pastor Mark should pray, which is fine. I love to pray. And I think sometimes it's just, you know, it's a show of respect, and that's fine. I appreciate that. But sometimes I wonder, I wonder, is the attitude here, like, look, he's the professional prayer person. Doesn't he get paid to pray? Make him pray. I don't know if that's true. It's just something I've sometimes wondered. But maybe, maybe, maybe your inconsistency is prayer in prayer is because you lack confidence in that you hear other people praying these fancy prayers. You know, they're they're praying and they're quoting scripture that you didn't even know was in the Bible. And they're addressing God with, with uh, names like Jehovah Jireh and Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Nisai. And, and you're like, who is this Jehovah Nisan Maxima? I've never heard of who, who are we praying to right now? I can't pray like that. I bet when I pray, I sound like an idiot. Sometimes we lack confidence. Sometimes we lack faith. Sometimes we are inconsistent in our prayer life because we lack faith. We don't really believe. We say we do. We believe that God hears prayers. We believe that God cares, but we don't really because we're not going to him with our prayers. And we're like this. We're like, look, I tried it. I prayed. I tried it. It didn't work. It didn't work for me. I, I, I prayed that God would rescue my marriage. We, we still split up. I prayed that God would heal my friend, still died. I, I prayed that, 
that God would deliver me from this addiction. And I still messed up. Yeah, prayer might work for other people. Probably does. Just doesn't work for me. That's an issue of faith. And we'll talk about that. Well, we'll talk about how, how, do we, how do we push through this tension that exists? Like, why? These questions are normal. Why did God heal Pastor Rex and he did not heal Pastor Greg? Why did God do that? There's a tension there. Why did God seem to answer uh, this person's prayer, but he didn't seem to answer mine? I, I don't get that. And so sometimes there's an issue of faith. Sometimes it's just an issue of maybe better theology of, of prayer and just having a better understanding of what prayer is. And hopefully today will help resolve some of that tension. And hopefully it'll motivate us to live a lifestyle of prayer. So if you don't pray very much, if prayer is not a part of your daily rhythm, if it's not right now, presently, part of your lifestyle, I think you're missing out on a much better way to live life the, the way that Jesus lived. So we're going to start in our theme passage. One more time, go with me to Matthew chapter 11. Some of you might have it memorized by now. This is week five, and if you've been with us the entire time, uh, you at least are very familiar with this passage. So Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus says, Come to me, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. So how do we come to Jesus? He's, he's not back here in the nursery hanging out waiting for us in, in that sense, right? He's not physically with us so we can go and make an appointment uh, at his office. So how, how do we come to Jesus? It's not a trick question. We do this through what? Through prayer, right? So we're going to come to Jesus so that he can lighten our load, that he can help us with the burden, so that he can give us this rest and satisfaction and peace and contentment and courage. It's only going to happen through prayer. Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And here's the phrase we're going to focus in on a little bit. Let me teach you. Let me teach you. Because I'm humble and I'm gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Jesus said, let me teach you. Let me teach you how to walk through life. And let me, let me teach you how to... How to let go of the things that are, that are burdening you and trust me and all of that to, to walk with you through it. This morning we're going to look at uh, what Jesus taught us about prayer. Before we, before we go to that passage, let's take a minute and pray. Lord, I do want to thank you for this opportunity that we have to spend together this morning. And I pray that as we look at what you taught us about prayer, that you would open our minds and our hearts to what it is you want us to learn, what it is you want us to uh, step into by faith, what it is you want to change in us, um, what it is that maybe you want to encourage us with, uh, that you want to use to build our faith. Whatever it is, Lord, we, we are surrendering ourselves right now to you and to your spirit uh, over these next few minutes together in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's, let's deal with this question, what, 
what is prayer? What, what is it that Jesus taught us about prayer and what prayer is and what prayer is not? And to do that, let's go back to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. We're going to jump into verse 5. It's a longer passage, so just do your best to stay focused and follow along here. If you have a different version, I know that can sometimes be, be hard. Uh, so if, if, you're, if you're like me, uh, sometimes it's hard to read a different version and listen to. So if it's easier, just listen. But follow, focus and follow here. Here we go. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. When you pray, this is Jesus teaching us about prayer. When you pray... Don't be like the hypocrites who, who love to pray in public on the street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth that that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you. Pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. They think that their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. That's amazing. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. You fast. Now, fasting, if you're not familiar with that, that's... that's uh, and you're not eating for a period of time, and we spend that time in prayer. You fast, don't make it obvious, as the hypocrites do. For they try to look miserable. They, they try to look disheveled so that people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that's the only reward they'll ever get. But when you fast, when you take this time, of this extended time of really focused prayer, uh, when you do that, comb your hair, wash your face, and then no one will notice that you're fasting except your Father, who knows what you do in private, and your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. What did Jesus teach us here? There's a number of things he taught us about what prayer is and what prayer is not. Let's start with what prayer is not. Prayer is, is not giving God this wish list. God is, is not to be treated like the this uh, cosmic bending machine. You'll notice when he teaches us to pray that, that uh, yeah, there's a time and, and it's appropriate to ask God to make requests and petitions of God, but how does it start? It, just, it starts with recognizing the glory of God and giving thanks to God. There's, there's repentance in prayer. There's all these things uh, that are so important in prayer, and, and it's not just running off to God whenever we need something. We're in an emergency, if that's the only time, if that's how we're treating God, like he's just our, our cosmic bending machine, the only time we pray is when we want something from him, we're not understanding prayer. Prayer is not a spiritual negotiation. It's not, uh, oh Lord, if you, if you do this for me, I, I promise, just, 
Just do this for me this one time and, and, and I'll never make another cat joke again. I promise I'll never do it again. It's not a spiritual negotiation. You'll notice that we're in, in this prayer he says, your will be done, not my will. It's this surrendering of, of our will to his. It's, 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 a, it's a, a choice to submit ourselves to him, not try to make deals with him. It's also, you, you look back here at the beginning of that section, it's not a performance. It's not a formal presentation where you try to get people to be impressed with you and your fancy prayers. Now listen, there, there are sometimes, there are some occasions when a more formal uh, prayer is appropriate, but most occasions for prayer aren't funerals. Most occasions for prayer are not like groundbreaking ceremonies. There are occasions, maybe something a little more formal is appropriate. But most of the time, you know, our, our prayers just need to be humble and, and, and authentic and our heart speaking to God's heart. Prayers are not talking to, and this, this is, I think, more for our younger generations, maybe, but it, they're not, it's not talking to the energy of the universe. Prayer is, is not about talking to dead people. It's, it's not about uh, praying to these unspe- unseen spirits in the multiverse. Prayer is, is, is communication with the one true God who created the universe. Prayer is being in the presence of God. Prayer is how we position ourselves. If you look at some of the language that Jesus uses about, may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's not my will, not your will. It's, it's this position that we put ourselves in, in surrender and submission to the will of God. And see, there is the resolution to the tension of why is it that God answered this prayer with yes and answered this prayer with no. Sometimes when maybe see the answers or maybe sometimes God will lay on our heart and we'll see something. Oh, I, I see what you did back there, Lord. And sometimes not. And sometimes we won't see what God was up to and what God was doing and all of his uh, big picture purposes until we get to heaven. But prayer, prayer is an acknowledgement that that's okay. Prayer is supposed to be an acknowledgement that, that it, I'm not in charge and you are, Lord. It's an acknowledgement that your will needs to be done and not my will, because if my will is done, it's probably going to be a super big mess. And understanding that, that God is in authority, understanding that God is sovereign, and believing that his will is good, even when it doesn't feel good, or even when it doesn't uh, match up with what we want, That's the resolution to that tension, that God is good and holy and righteous and always does what is right. And prayer puts us into a position where we have to acknowledge that. Otherwise, why are you praying? Prayer is how we petition God for what we need. That is appropriate. God wants us to do that. 
There's, there's verses that talk about God's desire for us to come and make our requests known to him. He, he wants us to trust him with these things that are going on in our lives that we need help with. The prayer is also an opportunity for us to repent of sin. To ask him for help, to forgive others, to, to have the strength to say no to sin. Prayer is not just this, uh, this, this one simplistic thing. It, it's, it's a submission of our will to His. It's a surrendering of our lives uh, under His authority. It's, it's, uh, it's repentance and, and, and giving glory and, and praise. And it's a beautiful, amazing gift that God has given us. And I think this is also an important point about prayer. We only, as believers, we only have access to God through prayer because of what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. The gospel uh, is something that is central to our prayer life. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And yes, that's a salvation uh, passage, but it it's also impacts our prayer life. How do we have access to the throne of God? How do we have access uh, to, to this, uh, this communication between us and the Father? It's only through Jesus that that's possible. It's why we pray in Jesus' name. You know, ending a prayer by saying, in Jesus' name, Amen. That's, it's, we don't do that. It's not like a, a, a magical phrase like abracadabra. That's not, that's not what that's about. Now, yes, certainly it, it is a recognition that we are surrendering ourselves, submitting ourselves to the will of God. And I think it is that. But it's also a recognition that God hears our prayers because of our faith in Jesus Christ. Our, our faith in Jesus as our forgiver of sin that's what makes us right with God. That's what results in us being adopted as a son or daughter and a co-heir with Christ in his kingdom. That's what gives us access to the throne of God through prayer. So prayer is, is certainly uh, this, uh, this communication with God, um, made possible through Jesus Christ and our faith in Him. It's a surrendering of our will to His. It's all of those things. But it's also something that, that we might not think of uh, right off the bat. You think of prayer, you know, the, the strict definition is I'm, I'm talking with, with, uh, with the God of the universe, and it is that. But I also really like Pastor Craig Grishel's definition of prayer. It's this. Uh, when, when he put together the, this series, he used this definition. Prayer is not just an action you do. Prayer is a way that you live. I think that's really powerful. Prayer is not just an action that you do. Prayer is a way that you live. It's a lifestyle. You think about the way that Jesus lived. I told you earlier on in the sermon, you know, he prioritized being in the presence of God in prayer. And, and to do that wasn't always easy. He would have to leave the crowds behind. They would chase after him, and then he, you know, he would engage. But then, again, he would, he would leave the crowds behind so he could be alone with God. He sometimes had to get up really early to do that. Before the sun would come up, he would, he would prioritize that time with, with God in prayer. He, 
You sometimes get alone in the mountain. You sometimes get alone by the lake. But he disconnected from all of that consistently so that he could pray. Because prayer is not just an action that you do. It's a, it's a way that you live. And, and Jesus made prayer a, a way of life. And so if you're sitting here thinking, you know, I, I really would. This sounds really great. I, I would love to pray more. I really would. I, I wish that I could. I know that I should. I just don't have time. I just have too much going on. I, I don't think I can make it work. I, I read a, a book a long time ago uh, called uh, Too Busy Not to Pray. And the, the premise, I don't remember a lot about the the book, other than the main premise, was uh, very simple. When we've got a lot going on in our lives, the best use of our time is, is prayer. What better use of our time could there possibly be than to be in the presence of Almighty God, to thank Him and to praise Him and to ask Him for strength and power and courage and guidance for whatever is in front of us. Whatever might be around the corner that we can't see. I would submit to you that, that prayer needs to be, as if we're a follower of Christ, prayer should and needs to be the natural rhythm of our everyday lives. I'm going to put it this way. I'm going to just ask you a series of questions and you can kind of think through them on your own. If I were to ask you, you know, just come up and say, hey, should I ask you something personal? And, and yeah, okay. Uh, would you like to be a person who is filled with joy? A person who's filled with contentment? A person who's filled with peace? I wonder how many of you would say, no, why would I want that? That sounds terrible. If I were to come up and say, hey, could I talk to you? I just want to ask you, what would... If you had a choice, would you like to be an effective witness for Jesus Christ in this dark world? Would you like to be that? Well, most of you say, yeah, I would like to be that. I don't think, mo I don't think many of you say, ah, that doesn't sound good to me at all. If I said to you or asked you, would you like to have a strong marriage or a lousy one? Would you like to be a good parent or a terrible one? Would you like to be a great friend or an unreliable friend? Would you like to be a person of good character that people trust and respect? Or would you like to be the community toad? I mean, what, what, would you, what would you rather be? I think most of us say, oh, I want to be all those good things. I want to have all of those good blessings. I do. I, every one of those, I would want all of that. And so we would agree with one another, okay, that sounds good. How are we going to do that? How are we going to be that person? How are we going to have all of those things in a world where division and hatred is so strong, where financial pressures are growing day after day, where temptation to sin is literally everywhere you look, where life decisions are complicated, they're not always easy to figure out. How are you going to do all of that without the power and presence of God in your life? How are you going to do that? Are you just that amazing? 
I am amazing. I don't need the power and presence of God in my life. I can do this on my own. If that's what you think, you are in trouble. We need the power and presence of God in our lives. The power prayer is something that we desperately need. But even if we collectively agree on that point, how do we, how do, we do that? How do we, how do we live in such a way that we are making prayer a part of our life, that it's a lifestyle? Not just something that we do before dinner, not just something that we do before we've got to take the, the, this big test in the morning at school, not just something that we do whenever we get bad news from the doctor. How do we make prayer a way of life? Well, I think Jesus gave us some really good instruction and, and, and really good insight into how we, how we move from just this inconsistent prayer life to, a, to one that is not just consistent, but is, is, it's part of how we live. One of the first things I noticed that Jesus taught us is we need to find a place. You need to find a place to pray, a place where you can disconnect, a place where you can just be alone with him, a place where you can block out the noise, eliminate distractions, get away from your phone, and just be still in his presence. You need to find a place for that. Why, why, why is Jesus uh, teaching us this? Why, why is this so important? Because we're so easily distracted. We have full schedules and, and we have lots of people that are wanting our attention, wanting to connect with us. We've got these stupid alerts that go off. I literally just had one go off on my phone. I'm not kidding. My weekly report available. My screen time was... Oh, no, I'm embarrassed. I don't want to read it to you. My, my screen time was up 72, see, distracted, 72% from last week. Oh, my. Sorry, Lord. We get distracted. You know, I, I don't know how your brain is wired, but whenever I, whenever I get onto the phone and, uh, like, right now, the email one has a little number on the email icon, that bothers me. Like, I need to read that right now in the middle of my sermon. What is that? I need to clear that out. I'm not going to. This is why you should not be looking at your phone during church. Put it away. Unless you have your notes on there. I feel like when I see that, it's like, hey, slacker, you got five things that need done here. We need a place where you can just get away from distractions, a place where you can be alone with God. If you're going to have an ongoing conversation with God, in the car, let's say. That's a good thing. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. That's a good thing. But there's just something special about focused time alone with God that we, we need, we desperately need. We need a place to pray where we can disconnect and give God our undivided attention. Think about any close, intimate relationship that you have in your life. If you, Hopefully you have at least one close uh, relationship with someone. How, how does that happen? How does that, how does that get built? It, it gets built through undivided attention. It gets built through uh, just spending time with that person where you're disconnected. That's, that's how we get close. And the same thing's true with God. Now, for that to happen, if we're going to have a, a place that, that we 
uh, or, or alone with God, and, and maybe, uh, maybe that's at your house, maybe that's going to be in, in your car. Uh, the place itself doesn't necessarily matter as much, uh, but we've got to be intentional about figuring it out. We have to be intentional about prayer. Consistent prayer that is part of our lifestyle needs to be scheduled. Again, praying throughout the day is good. We'll talk about it in just a moment. But there is something special about this focused time alone with God. And here's, here's the, the harsh reality I need you to understand. No one else is going to put this on your schedule. You get that, right? Your boss is not going to call you into his office tomorrow morning and say to you, listen, uh, from now on, 10 a.m., I want you on your knees. That's your prayer time. I'm going to put that on your Your boss isn't going to do that for you, unless you work for me. Maybe I would do that for my staff. I don't know. But most of us, there's no one else that are going to, that's going to put that on our schedule. You have to schedule that. You have to make that happen. You have to be intentional about it. And it, uh, my recommendation is that first thing in the morning is the best time to do that, even if you have to get up a little bit earlier just because I think that sets a really good spiritual tone for the day and in the presence of God and, and your heart's already connected with his before you leave the house. I think that's the best time. But if it doesn't happen in the morning, maybe it could happen over lunch, right? Maybe, maybe the way that your day is laid out, maybe that's a better time. You've got a little bigger window of time that you can spend with God there. Maybe for some it's uh, in the car, uh, while you're waiting in the, in the pickup line and you're by yourself, rather than just listening to, to tunes, maybe you could turn all that off and silence the phone and just be in the presence of God for 20, 30 minutes in prayer. You can figure this out uh, on, on what was, what's going to be best for you, but you've got to figure it out. No one's going to figure that out for you. Find a place, be intentional. Prayer is not just an action you do, it's a way that you live. But I also noticed that Jesus prayed on the go. He for sure got alone. He for sure disconnected and got away from the distractions and the crowds and just spent time in the presence of God in prayer. But he also prayed on the go. He prayed for people on the go. He prayed with people in, in their presence. He, he prayed on the way from place to place. He would just stop with the disciples and he would just pray. The Apostle Paul challenged us in, in what it means to, to make prayer part of our lifestyle, part of our daily lives. In 1 Thessalonians 5.17, he writes this, pray or never stop praying, pray continually, pray without ceasing. Now, if you hear that, and you're like, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to quit my job? Be a professional prayer person like Pastor Mark. I don't, I don't know. How am I going to do this? Pray without ceasing. Well, there's a challenge there is to live in this ongoing awareness of God's presence. That he is with you all the time. To be in this conversation with him all throughout the day. Really believing that his promise, that he'll never leave us, that he'll, he'll never forsake us, that he's always truly with us, that you really believe that, and that you're in conversation with him, that you're thinking about and, and aware of his presence throughout the day. And you just think about in, in your, your earthly relationships with other human beings. Imagine 
walking around with someone all day and they completely ignored you. Kind of weird, right? Imagine maybe, uh, maybe your spouse, like you and your spouse, uh, you work together, work at the same job, let's say. So you get up in the morning and you get ready for work and nothing, it's just silence. There's no engagement, there's no conversation, it's just, it's just nothing. And you get in the car and, and you ride to work together in silence. And then you get to work and you're facing each other, like your desks are right up against each other and you're facing each other all day long. You're with each other literally all day long. Not a word is spoken. You go to lunch and you just eat. You don't talk. You drive home. Before you even drive home, you drive to go get the kids from practice or from school. You drive home. You have dinner. You go to bed. You, you crawl into bed, the same bed, in silence. If that was the relationship dynamic, where would you rate that relationship? Like a zero to ten. Would you Ten being super close, zero like, what are you two doing? Worse yet, I want you to imagine this. I want you to imagine that your spouse that you're walking through the day with, that's with you all day long, your spouse was trying to get your attention all day. That your spouse was trying to talk to you all day. Trying to engage with you throughout the day. And you were too distracted with whatever else. Prayer is not just an action you do. It's a way that you live. And it's a choice that you and I have to make uh, day after day. And we can collectively agree that that's, this is the better way to live, but we've got to choose to make it happen. And if you're wondering, well, what do I, what do I pray about? I'm not sure. If I'm going to pray every day and I'm going to have this conversation with uh, God, I'm going to be engaged with him throughout the day, what do I even pray about? I don't know if I have that many things to pray about. Here's a simple answer. Philippians 4.6. You can look it up if you want. I'll give you the, the quick version of it. Here's a really simple answer. If you want to know what you should pray about, write this down. One word. Everything. Simple. Everything. That's what Philippians 4.6 tells us. Pray about everything. If it's on your mind, it's on God's heart. Talk to God like you would talk to a close friend. If you have questions, I don't, I, don't, I don't get this, Lord. I don't understand this, Lord. Ask him. Talk to him about it. If you're upset, if you're hurting, tell him about it. Be honest with him about it. Share with him your whole self. Share with him your whole life. Plenty of things to praise God uh, for throughout the day. There, there, there's times when, when we just need to pause and say, Lord, I'm really sorry that, uh, that I should have been focused on you and I was more focused on my phone there for, for a couple minutes, right? Share with him your whole self and, and just be open and honest with him. If you want to know kind of what that sounds like or, or, or looks like, just read through the Psalms. Just read through the Psalms. I'll give you one quick example before I, before I close. Uh, Psalm 142 would just be a, an easy example. There's tons of examples, 
But Psalm 142, the first couple verses, uh, David cries out. He says, I cry out to the Lord. I plead for the Lord's mercy. I pour out my complaints before him. Can you do that? Are you allowed to do that? Yeah. I pour out my complaints before him. I tell him all my troubles. When I'm overwhelmed, you alone know the way that I should turn. Wherever I go, my enemies have set traps before me. He goes on. No one, no one will help me. No one cares. This is how he feels. And he's just being open and honest with, with the Lord about it. But then he says this. Then I pray to you, verse 5, I pray to you. You are my place of refuge. You are all I really want in life. See where prayer takes us? Yeah, be open and honest, brutally honest with the Lord and, and allow Him to take your heart into this place where you just trust Him and you fall into this place of surrender and submission to His will. Where prayer can take us. If you don't yet have a relationship with God through faith in Jesus, I need you to hear this. There's only one prayer that matters to you right now. There's only one prayer that God is going to hear from you right now. And that's the prayer of repentance. It's a prayer of surrender. It's a prayer of faith in Jesus Christ as, as your forgiver of sin and your Savior from hell. I, have a, I think I've told you this several times, and I'll keep repeating it in case you miss it. On our website, uh, we've got a button there that says, I'm ready. And, and we have that there so that at any time, you can go and, and you can read about the gospel and have a better understanding of what it means to trust Jesus. And there's a sample prayer. The prayer doesn't have to be these exact words, but the content, I think, is, is, is important to understand. What are you praying for when we pray for salvation? It sounds like this. Dear God, I believe you love me and made me for your purposes. Please forgive me for all the wrong things I've said, thought, and done. Thank you for sending Jesus to pay for my sins when he died on the cross. I believe Jesus, uh, I believe Jesus raised from the dead. I trust Jesus as my forgiver, and I want him to be the leader of my life. Please transform my life. Help me to live completely for you. In Jesus' name, amen. That simple prayer of faith results in the forgiveness of sin, reconciliation with God, Adoption into God's family forever and transformation from being spiritually dead into being spiritually alive. Having the Holy Spirit living inside you, guaranteeing that God will always, always be with you. He's there to comfort you and guide you, to give you spiritual strength, emotional endurance, to give you victory over temptation, to convict your heart when you step over the line. And I want you to hear this. God, God would not have given you his Holy Spirit if he did not want to be with you, if he did not want to be close with you all the time. All the time. So if prayer has not been a part of your daily rhythm, if it's not been your lifestyle, you are missing out on a much better way to live. You're missing out on the way of Jesus. That can change. That's something that uh, you can make different choices starting today, that, but that'll change. Get some time alone with God.
today. Make that happen today. Figure it out. Be in conversation with him. Ask him to help you uh, move from just this inconsistent prayer life to this is just the way I live. Prayer is the way that I live. He can help us with that. In Jesus' name, let's pray together. Lord, thank you.